everyone. Welcome to Rams Iconic, a podcast where we talk to the biggest legends in franchise history. We'll talk about their remarkable careers, the current state of the Rams, and much, much more. We'll bring you an inside look at what made these players icons both on and off the field. Our first episode with the newest Rams Hall of Famer, Isaac Bruce. Our guest today is another Hall of Famer, 12 years in the horns. Seven Pro Bowls and one of the greatest offensive linemen ever to play the game. Please welcome the Pancake Man, Orlando Pace. I used to hear like yeah. stories about you when I was out in St. Charles. I mean, they would always tell me I, I worked out with Orlando Pace. He was on the treadmill. He ran and then he left. But I would never <laughs> find you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, hey, that's the myth. That's the myth. That, me, me working out, man, these days. So, I, I you know, you. back in the day. So, how is the body? How, how how's everything hanging uh, in there? It's good, man. Everything so far so good. You know, obviously, man, always uh, you know trying to eat healthy and, and and try to live right, man. That's that's the key these days, man. But that's that's been my battle since. Uh, I was young, so you know. Uh, so, so what are you eating? I mean, are you are you are you paleo? Are you are you vegan? I mean, every, we we try different things when we leave the game. I mean, what are you doing right now? You know, I think I've tried everything, Demarco. <laughs> and for me, to be honest, I think it's just uh, just consistency with me. Yeah. You know, obviously, going through this, going through a pandemic, you know, some months are better than others, and you kind of just sitting in the house. You like, I don't have anything else to do. But you know, so you know how it is. I got know. the best <laughs> diet in the world, but they won't do it. You want to hear it? Uh, close down hey. every every McDonald's drive through Yeah, well, absolutely. And then I'm I'll lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> when I can get that number two in, in five minutes or less, you know, I'm always going to have one. That's not even messing around. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I'm and, with you on that. So how's the kids? Hey, they're, 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 everybody's well. The kids, are, my oldest is a – He's uh he's uh twenty and he's at Ohio State, his third year in Ohio State. And I have uh three at home, eighteen year old, fifteen and, and uh fourteen. So we're in that teenage stage right now, which is which is always difficult and, and trying to limit them from going out as much and that's always a tough a tough deal. So 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 what's tougher? Uh blocking Chuck Smith one on one or or being dad with, with three teenagers in the house? <laughs> hey, look, man, I will say being dad with three teenagers in the house is a lot tougher than I thought it would be. So let me say that much. Are you are you the mean dad? Or are you are you the disciplinarian? Or, or is, who, who who brings the hammer in the house? I think me and my – different kids. I think me and my wife play good cop, bad cop. And, you know, obviously we, we try to understand our kids. And sometimes I got to be the bad cop, man, so I get it. I try, yeah. It seems like I'm always winding up being the bad cop. You know, I always wind up being the bad cop. I'm trying to figure out how to be the good cop. Maybe I got to get in there before my wife does, you know, because I'm always second to Absolutely. speak. Yeah. But I think our kids play us, so they, they, they either turn us into the good, depending on who they ask first oh, or something. So. My, my, my daughter, who's 19, is great. I, I, even the five-year-old is great at twisting me in circles. It's not uh, fair. <laughs> You know, a boy Crazy, I can just man. grab up. A girl, you know, you know, they, they hit me with the eyes and I just melt and then I wind up going to Target and spending all my money. I know. I know. I tell, I tell my wife, I said, if we would have had a girl first, it would have been, you know, completely <laughs> different. You know, girls and boys are to- totally different, man. Like you said, they hit you with the, you know, dad, the puppy eyes, and then, you know, it's all over after that. No so. doubt. No doubt. Well, uh, look, this is uh, Rams Iconic, so love to catch up. I mean, moving into some personal stuff. 
you grew up Sandusky, Ohio, and I remember uh, that was the first or second time I'd actually heard of Sandusky. Was it Tommy Boy the movie was around Sandusky? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I hear that all the time, DeMarco. Whenever I say I'm from Sandusky, they're like, oh, that movie Tommy Boy. And then the next question is, did you guys go cow tipping in high school <laughs> and things like that? So, uh, yeah, that's that's our claim to fame. Uh, the, the movie was based in Sandusky, Ohio, and, and uh, you know, obviously uh, it was a great movie, classic movie, and uh, it was based on my hometown. So it was a lot of fun even now to talk about it. Have you ever cow tipped Orlando? I, I know that everybody was like, hey, is that how you learn how to pancake blocks? Are you cow tipping <laughs> See, uh, these big cows? I've never, never go done there. that for the record. Let me say that on the record. I've never done that. No one has ever asked you that. Please tell me no one said the reason you can pancake people is because of cow tipping. I'm telling I you, wish I, I would have known I've that back every then. story in Tommy Boy <laughs> that, that you could even imagine. Well, Things that we thought that, that people thought we did in high school. Okay, moving past that. So, grew up, you, you're an Ohio guy. You went to Ohio State. Your son goes to Ohio State. Did you grow up a Browns fan? I, I sort of did, yeah, I did. I remember, you know, John Elway ripping my heart out, Ernest Biner, the fumble. Uh, everybody in my family were, was Browns fan, so – um, you know, just growing up and, and, you know, hoping, you know, for a winner at some point, uh, you know, I was, you know, we were a huge Browns fan. So, but wow. uh, there's a couple, there's some, some rough games in there. I remember in my childhood that I'm probably still scarred from, you know, okay. That's fair. Cause you know, we went through some lean years in St. Louis, so I get that. Um, but uh, no, you, you said the John, El- John Elway ripping your heart out, you know, our D line coach, my D line coach, big daddy Harrison was, was on that team. And yep, I think that yep, last pass right. went right over his head. <laughs> oh, he had his hand up. I still see it down, DeMarco. I, I, I almost see that play. And I and I talked to him about that, man. And I, I think he's still feeling it, too. You know, oh. that was a tough game, you know, to be a fan, but to even play. And, and I remember Big Daddy, I remember mentioning that to him when we were here in, in St. Louis and, and talking about that game. So Oh, I look, you know, Big Daddy was cool. You know, he was real, real cool. And I brought that up like before a D-line meeting and I was joking with him and he was not joking. I mean, everything about him got serious and I never talked about it again. Like that's, that's a painful yeah, memory. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, he's still, he's still, and, I, and rightfully so, still bitter about it. No you know? doubt. I think Big Daddy, well, he, he, he might have, you know, wanted a piece when I said that, so I left him alone. Oh, but um, so absolutely. you grew up, grew up a Browns fan and you're playing at Ohio State and look, you know, once you turn pro, you kind of, you get your pro blinders on, I say. You're worried about your job and your division, and the NFL's tough. So I kind of, like, ignored college. So when you were becoming the guy in college and you're going to be either the, the first or second guy in the draft, picked in the draft, and it became obvious or when it did become obvious that the Rams were going to get you and then they got you, what did you know about this team before you became a Ram, before you were drafted? You know what? To be honest with you, I you know I, I, most draft picks take their pre pre draft visits. At the time, the Rams were selecting sixth overall, so I didn't even visit. I didn't even visit uh, St. Louis at all, so I didn't know a whole lot about a, the city, uh, the team. Like you said, when you had your pro blinders on, I had my college blinders on, trying to trying to you know capture a dream of playing in the, in the NFL. So I didn't know a whole lot. I figured any team would draft me. They were pretty bad. And I kind of, once once Dick Vermeil, I did know Coach Vermeil because he had called a number of our college games. So I knew him. You know, we sit in those broadcasting meetings all the time. 
And, uh, and so I knew who he was, and, and we kind of had these conversations. Uh, and then about two weeks before the draft, he, he gave me a call and said, hey, I think we're going to trade up, and I think we're going to pick you. And, you know, I'm, you know it's, it's draft, so I'm thinking, hey, I take everything with a grain of salt. But, uh, you know, obviously I started researching. I knew, I knew St. Louis was, you know, they were, they were drafting some guys. But I knew they, they, they were on a losing streak or, or having some, you know, some losing season. So I uh, wasn't really worried about that. I was just excited about playing and being uh, and having a chance to, to be the number one pick in the draft. And, uh, you know, I knew Coach Vermeil was, a, you know, uh, you know, a good broadcaster. Didn't know much about his coaching career, but uh, obviously he's a he's a great man and uh, was a great coach for me. Uh, you know, starting out my career. Yeah, he was. He was. You know, he was a, a still a new coach to us, so we didn't know how to take him just yet. But I remember him being so excited about you, so excited about this tackle. Uh, this guy that could change the fortunes of this football team, like you said. And, you know, you, you take that with a grain of salt. And remember, I came in with Wayne Gandy. So we thought Vermeil was half crazy back then. But I remember <laughs> I, when, when you walk through the door, the first thing I'm like, good Lord, this dude is big. And then you go out to that, that training camp. The first time I seen you took a pass set, I'm like, Wayne, you better learn how to play on the other side, bro, because <laughs> I don't think he's going anywhere. And uh, didn't we have Leslie O'Neill at the time? We did have Leslie O'Neill, right? And that was my first matchup, first yes. in practice. And, and Leslie, I'm like, dude, you kind of hear about Leslie the best, you know. And, and, you know, Leslie didn't really practice that hard. So I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm telling all my friends, like, man, I'm, I'm blocking Leslie O'Neill. I'm doing okay, right? And then once he turns it on, I'm like, oh, man, this is okay. I see what all the, 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 the hype was. So he was a great first-year guy to, to kind of welcome me to the league. Uh, we got some pretty good work in, and, and, you know, obviously he turned it on on Sundays. Oh. He didn't do a ton during the week, but, uh, you know, obviously watching them work and, and, and being having a chance to go against them, you know, every day made, made me a lot better. Oh, see, I'm, he used to glide through practice because he could, and this is when I knew that you were for real. First, I could see it. Uh, second, when Leslie would stop talking, because usually he was just a gab fest, even when we're going to one-on-one, you know how one-on-ones are. It gets serious in there, right? That's pretty much yeah. the whole practice. So he would be just joking around, messing with Jeff Scanina, our teammate. They were just going back and forth. But when you showed up, he got different in those drills. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 absolutely, man. Yeah he, yeah, he would turn it up on one-on-one. He, he didn't do a whole lot of talking. But, uh, you know, obviously uh, it, it, was, it was some good reps for me uh, in that first year. No doubt. Um, you know, uh, just looking through the history of the NFL when you were there, and I, I'm trying to think of the you – you never bumped heads with Strahan. Strahan was on the other side, right? Yep, he was. He was he a right tackle problem. Yep. So uh, you had to deal with Bruce Smith. You had to deal with Chuck Smith, who I think would have been a bigger star than what he was if he wasn't in your division. Uh, I thought your, <laughs> yeah. your battles with Hugh Douglas were always great because of the style matchup. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, yep. Jason Taylor, same thing. Who were the guys? Because I know everyone was worried when they faced you. I, I I got the feeling. I know these guys on the other side, they talk about it. But who was the guy that maybe got in your kitchen? Or did anybody get in your kitchen like, wow, I got really got to strap it up against this dude? You know what? I think the first time I, I played against Bruce Smith in Buffalo, and you kind of hear about, well, you, you know, you, you, you've seen, you know, what he's done. Um, in, in, in football, and at the D, you, you're hyped up to play him at some point. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and I remember that first game going in, 
And, you know, obviously after the first couple plays, it's like, okay, it's, it's you know, it's football, right? So, you know, and, and, and playing against Bruce, that kind of, that gets your competitive juices going a little bit. So I was excited to play him. Uh, I'll tell you a guy that's really underrated, but I thought he was a, a really good player. Um, Joe Johnson with the Saints. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought he was one of those guys that, you know, didn't get a ton of credit. But, you know, I always when, when people always ask him that question, who made you work? I think Joe Johnson was one of those guys that uh, that, that made you work or you had to really pay attention to during the course of the week. So, um, you know, playing those guys in the Saints a couple times a week, a lot tougher to play them in New Orleans, obviously, than St. Louis. But, uh, you know, obviously he's a guy that, that was always a challenge and you had to – to be prepared uh, to, to, to play him. Yeah, I remember Joe. Joe was one of them dudes, like, he was intimidating on the field and off if you saw him yeah. somewhere. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, give that That's dude a Joe, man. That whole defensive line, man, they were tough to go. Um, you know, I think the white Freeney was another a good matchup for me. Um, just, you know, I played him a couple of times, but, you know, a, a smaller guy who had a spin move that no matter what, how you set, um, you know, he could, he could still get you with that spin move. That's just the way his body works, man. You know, he just has that natural spin to anything he can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's always Absolutely. Count. Wow. Uh, so uh, you mentioned some of those matchups in New Orleans, and those were hot, and they got hotter as the years went on uh, between the greatest show and, and, and the Saints. Do you have a, a, a best memory? or Because I know it's you, it's Tommy, it's, it's Adam, and – Fred or, or Ryan, I mean, your group, your O-line, you guys are in battles. I used to, I just talked about this with Ray Agnew. This is why we're going to stay tight until the day we leave the planet because we went through stuff out there together. Same with your offensive line. Do you have a moment in time that you can remember that you'll never forget, like, this is the greatest time that I've ever had being a professional football player with this group of guys right here? You know what? I, you know what? I, I, just a small, you know, a lot of guys. I remember, and DeMarco, you remember this against San Francisco. We were losing 17, 18 times, right? Yeah. And, and nobody wanted to own that, that losing streak. And I remember, for me, it was such a feel-good feel moment to finally break that streak in St. Louis. St. Louis and, and you kind of felt like we were coming together as a team because we felt like we overcame that hurdle. Um, so it's one of those things where you, you, you kind of gel as a unit. Obviously, Kurt Warner, everybody understands, knows the Kurt Warner story. It's like our third or fourth game of the year. And we felt like we had arrived as a unit. You know, we could run the ball. Marshall could do whatever we wanted. We just had confidence. And the great thing about our Super Bowl year, uh, as you know, is just week, every week we just gained more and more confidence. And I remember, uh, you know, just lining up feeling like we could block anybody. I knew Tommy had my back. I knew Roland, you know, Ernie Conwell, all these guys, we all played together as a unit. And that was so special for us uh, because it really propelled us to help us win that championship as well. And, uh, you know, it was just a spe- that whole season was special. It's hard to point out one, one, one moment, but beating San Francisco after losing to him for so many years, it was such a, a gratifying experience for us. And, and I think it really – it really had our unit gel as a unit, and we just, you know, from that point on, we just, we just moved forward and, and, you know, won games and scored a lot of points. Best, best, in, best in the business. But what people don't know is that old line was sneaky nasty, especially in the locker room. That was the last group you wanted to make mad because it's just a bunch of mad scientists over there that, that would yeah. get you it, with it, the pranks or it, jokes. Mike Grudadoria would draw pictures. Orlando! <laughs> Would be sneaky. You would be sneaky with the comments, get it all going, and then sneak out the room. 
So you done oh, started. Yeah, that, was, hey, that was me. <laughs> yeah. That was me. And, and you know what, DeMarco? That's when you know you got a good team, man, when guys can laugh and joke and have a good time. But when you, when you strap it on, you know, that was, yeah. you know, it was time to go battle. And, and I think we got, we got a, 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 you know, our team, they're finesse. They're the greatest show on turf. But, dude, there's some physical guys on that offensive line that just got the job done, man. So You don't have to tell me about Adam. I had enough of playing with Adam. I'm glad – or playing against Adam. I'm glad I got a chance to play with him. Yeah. Uh, they called him – I didn't know they called him the Swede in Green Bay from that movie. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, from that movie uh, Heartbreak Ridge. It's this big muscle-bound dude with the same haircut that Adam Timmerman wore. So they called him the Swede. And I'm like, that's exactly who you play. Yeah. I used to love talking Absolutely. movies with you, man. Uh, the, the Predator scene, we used to talk about that. When they used to, when they, <laughs> when they mowed down the jungle, one person saw something and everybody else came behind them. Remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. And, and, you know, Adam, Adam doesn't get enough credit. I'll tell you that. That, you know, we, we talk about, you know, receivers and, and Kurt and everybody's story. Adam really brought that attitude to our offensive line as well because when he came there, already won the championship. So he brought that that whole mantra, the hard work and everything, and, and we, we watched the way he worked. So he doesn't get enough credit, but Adam Timmerman was a key figure to that, that ball team, no our, our, our team. He came in a champ, and that's exactly how he played. And you're right. You know, we talk about Trent. We talk about Kurt. We talk about you. We talk about Marshall. You know, some of that needs to go to him as well because he brought that championship swagger, no doubt. Um, you know, moving into, I guess, the latter part of your career, when people – start to mention the Hall of Fame, when you're still in pads, when you still got to go to camp, when you're still getting your ankles taped, when you're an active player and you start hearing future Hall of Famer attached to comments or stories about you, was that shocking? Was it humbling? How did you feel when you first heard that as a player? I think it, I think it was humbling, but, but with, with that, with, with being a humbling statement, it also encouraged me to work harder, right? Because you knew – you know, you start getting that, and it's just consistency, right? That's what that's about. You plan year after year. You plan at a high level year after year, and guys, your peers uh, start to start to notice. And I think it's a, it's a, um, you know, when, when your peers start to give you those type of accolades, like he's going to be in the Hall of Famer, or he, he has that type of talent. Uh, and I remember Coach Hannison telling me that, you know, if I'm if you're not in the Hall of Fame by the time your your, uh, you know, your your career is over, it won't be anybody else's fault but mine. Ooh. So. Um, you know, just and that was from day one. So, you know, obviously just working, having higher expectations for yourself than anyone else could put on you, big for me. Uh, just going out and playing, just trying to be consistent and help the ball club win was my was my main focus. Oh, man, you and Hanny. You and Hanny. Oh, my God. Jim Hannafin and, and Orlando Pace. Jim Hannafin, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, arguably one of the best position coaches ever. You know, I wish there was a space in the Hall of Fame for people like him, for men like him. And then to get talent like you, who's already, you know, like you said, you're self-driven, but the marriage between the two, yeah, I, I agree with him. If you didn't wind up where you are in the Hall of Fame right now, yeah, this then something went wrong, yeah. and I'm glad it didn't. I read one of your quotes uh, from the Hall of Fame, and I love this. It says, these are your words, quote, um, this occasion marks the fulfillment of each goal I've established for myself in football since the age of 13. So there was a kid, a young Orlando Pace out there that used to dream of being in the Hall of Fame at the age of 13? This occasion marks the fulfillment of each and every goal I've established for myself in football since the age of 13. For at 13, following a basketball tournament here in Canton, I toured the Hall of Fame and was inspired. 
me, a kid from Sandusky, that I too could be here one day as well. This became my first goal, and now here I am, 27 years later, standing in Canton, Ohio, accepting this incredible honor. You know, DeMarco, I tell that story because it was so it was so fitting um, for me. You know, being growing up in Ohio, about an hour and a half away from Canton, um, you know, we took a trip up there. You kind of walk through, and you're in awe. You see the buses. You see the you see the history of football. And as a kid at 13, you know, obviously, like most kids walking through there, you always dream, hey, I love the game of football. I want to be a Hall of Famer. So for me, that's kind of where it started. Um, and just, you know, obviously, you know, like most kids, you know, you dream big and, and hopefully it happens. And just, you know, make the most of your opportunities. And that's what I try to do every, you know, section of my, my career, high school, college, and then pros. And then, you know, to be standing on that stage and giving that speech, uh, it kind of took me back to those days of, you know, walking through the hall at 13 and, and realizing, you know, wow, you know, I'm actually here on this stage. And, and I remember dreaming that I wanted to be in Canton and be one of the greatest of all time. So uh, just for the, and it kind of came full circle, starting my career in Ohio, and then ending it right there on the stage in, in Canton, Ohio. So. I mean, what the the second part of the quote is, you know, at, at, at following a basketball tournament at 13. So, you know, my question: what, Do you have a bad tournament? <laughs> you know what? We got there. Uh, we got in Canton, and it, it, we were going to play. We we're going to play a game, and then the roof was leaking, so we didn't play. So our coach oh. was like, "Hey, let's just go to the Hall of Fame and you know hang out." You know, so you know. But I always thought I could play basketball, and, and it was a fun thing for me. Uh, you know, in high school and. and and uh, so that was just part of it. And we were in Canton, you know, we did, we decided to take a tour of the Hall of Fame. Uh, it was a pretty cool experience. I, well, thank God for that rainstorm. Yeah, and I saw you play hoop in that little room that we used to play basketball in. The first time I saw <laughs> you actually handle the rock, I'm like, oh, that's scary. A dude that big that yeah. had handles like that. Do you still play? Can you play? I don't play anymore. I try not to play. I, I may shoot around with my kids, but nothing up and down. I, I, wow. I, look, I, I have too many friends that – that injured themselves, and I don't want to be that guy in a, in a walking boot because I play totally. pickup basketball. I'm so. right there with you. My basketball days are done. My, my high em, my high impact days are done. I don't even get on roller. Oh yeah, anything anymore. high impact, Marco. <laughs> anything that looks like it might hurt my knees. Right. I don't do. Well, uh, okay. So when you put the gold jacket on and you become Orlando Pace, the Hall of Famer, and they're one and the same. Don't get me wrong, but when you're watching football, do you watch it from a different perspective now? Like, when you're watching this current group, uh, do you follow this football team, the L.A. Rams now, and what's going on? I do, yeah, okay. I do, I do. I do. Um, you know, I always watch the game from inside out, right? Yeah. Because um, I always watch, and I'm sure you probably do the same, just the line of scrimmage. Who's dominating the line of scrimmage? Who's doing, you know, who you could tell who's winning the game based on that. Um, just the way the different offenses are. Like, you know, I watch the current – the current uh, team now, the O line now, and what we're doing it. What, what is this year? What sixteen, seven? Year one, year. one million. Yeah, he's a gray beard. Absolutely. It is, it, it, to still be performing in the way you know McVay has that offense rolling, play action, everything. It seems like they're only running about three plays, but they have so many different variations of that. Those three plays, and they're just getting it down. They got some pretty good weapons, and I'm excited to uh, to watch them week in and week out. You know, it's funny, man. When I Talk to Wit. When I see Wit, when I observe Wit, he reminds me of you. He really does. It's like um, you always had this look, and he has the same look on his face. Like, don't worry, I got this. 
You know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Yep. We yep. got this. It's it's so cool to watch. Yeah, I mean, he's the, the, the closest thing I've seen to you in a Rams uniform since you left. So, yeah, um, you yep. know, this is going to be big, man. Um, you know, Jared Goff seems to be improving. If you give him time, he, he seems like he can pick the field apart. And I know another guy that was kind of like that way back when. I, he's in the Hall of Fame now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you give your quarterback some time to throw, good things will happen. So, And Sean McVay, Jackie Slater told me this is an offensive line friendly offense. Does that, oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I even thought I could play, still play in that <laughs> offense. Man. Not that it's not because, it, 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 you know, everything comes off all, you know, play action, like you said. So you can still go attack guys and real short, inside out, you know, short set somebody or get out on them pretty quick. So it's not a lot of setback and, and – you know, and, and let seven-step drop. This yeah. is a, like to Jackie's point, it's the offensive line-friendly offense, man, which is, which is probably a lot of fun for those guys to play up. No doubt. So let's hope for the best moving down the road. So Yeah, man, so I hope the next time I see you when you come to town, have you seen the new stadium yet? Have you been able to I haven't. It yeah, I've seen, you know, obviously coming in and out of L.A. I haven't been there personally. I can't wait to get there. It looks awesome on television. Man. It should be a lot of fun. Um you know, are they? Lock, are you? Are you at the stadium? Did yeah, we're, we're at day? the we're at the stadium for home games. They had two scrimmages there. Let me tell you, Orlando, this stadium is off the chain. It's huge. It's it's deep. It's very high. The the fans, when they get a chance to fill it up, are right on top of you. I walked out on a Thursday. We were doing something uh, for the Rams broadcasting network. Me and Eric Dickerson and Eric. You know how Eric is. Eric walked yeah. out and saw it and just like he he went almost nuts. Like, he wanted to run right then, right now. Like, put the pads on and play. Yeah. That's how spectacular this thing is, man. You got to see this stadium. Yeah, I want, I want to see it in person, man. I think it's, uh, it look, like I said, it looks cool on television. I'm sure it's probably ten times better. Uh, but just, you know, just the atmosphere. It, I'm sure it makes every former player feel like, hey, man, I, I, you know, I want, to, I want to get back on the field and play. But it looks super cool, man. I can't wait. Oh, dude, no joke. Uh, no, uh, no joke. Uh, the one thing you want to do is have a highlight. Make sure it's good. Oh, speaking of this, uh, another thing I mentioned to Ragnar before I let you go. Uh, Aaron Donald and what he's doing. Um, have you seen anything like it? Because I haven't. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm watching the game, right? And I'm watching the Dallas game. And I'm texting people like, dude, this is this must this has to be like the best defensive tackle I've ever. Like he's taking Pro Bowl guards and replace them, just moving them out the way. And I'm like, dude, no, who's doing that? Like nobody's doing that inside. And you just see what he's doing to guards on a weekly basis, or even tackle sometimes. It's like, dude, like <laughs> this is wow. it's, it's almost laughable because I've never seen anybody dominate that position on a weekend, a yearly basis, the way he's doing, man. He is, he is, he's going, he's going to be the best defensive tackle to probably ever play this game. If he's not already, this is just just what he's doing on a weekly basis. This is how someone that's in the league described him to me. And this, these are all the guys that we know. He's got John Randall's quickness, Warren Sapp's athleticism and Cortez Kennedy power. That's unstoppable. (laughs) Yeah. And people ask me sometimes, like, how would you block him? I'm like, dude, like you, you gotta, you really have to think. Like you gotta change it up on him because he 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 plays the run well. He obviously his pass rush skills and he's strong. He's quick. You know what do you do? You know at that point. So no doubt. You know. But I tell you what, if you were playing right now, if you were in your prime and he was playing like he's playing in training camp, if this was back in the day when we had pads on and we got down to that one on one, like we talked about earlier, you know, you and Leslie. 
if AD and Orlando Pace ever lined up for a one-on-one, the whole practice would stop to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it'll never happen. I'll dominate him. <laughs> I love it. Big old man. Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, you're the second member. We had Isaac first. You are the second uh, guest on Rams Iconic, and you're everything that this show is about. The the best, the brightest, the people we love. Thank you for checking in with us on Rams Iconic, and uh, I will see you soon. And let me try on that gold jacket at least once. Can I do that? Is that fair? I w- we'll, do, we'll do. I can't wait to get out to L.A. to see you guys. Okay, man. All right. Thank you, O. Talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you. Yep. Bye. Thanks to Orlando Pace for joining us today and sharing his thoughts and memories. Boy, did I enjoy that. And thank you to all the fans out there listening. We have so many legendary players that are a part of this franchise that we can't wait to bring you their legendary stories. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified when a new episode is out. And if you wouldn't mind, please take a moment to leave a review. I'd appreciate your support and feedback. I'm DeMarco Farr, and thanks for listening to Rams Iconic.